In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are we ready for the word? All right. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. And we want to read from the Message Bible. And we're going to also be reading from the Passion Translation today. We're not going to use our usual King James uh, because I think it brings out what we want to share with you a little bit more clearly in these translations. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, uh, in the Passion Translation, let's read it together. But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are, you are what? Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this. Slow down. Slow down. Repeat that. Say, he did this. Everything we just read, he did this so that you would broadcast. Say, broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the Throughout the what? World. Go to verse 10, please. For at one time, you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time, you knew nothing of God's mercy because you have, hadn't received it yet. But now you are drenched with it. Say, I am drenched. Soaking wet. <laughs> With God's grace and God's mercy. In Jesus' name. We'll, we'll, ref we'll refer to that verse again later on. Uh, but let me just go on down. Just start with the, with the message from that place. Again, as I, as I just said, we begin in this series of uh, 30 days in the marketplace. And so all month we want to be focused on, on ministry in the marketplace. And so one of the first things I want to do today is to establish the fact that you are called to ministry. You're what? Called to ministry. I'm excited about this series because I believe it's going to help us to release you into the ministry you have been called to. And it's going to help to empower you and equip you to fulfill your life calling like you have never done before. Many of you don't realize that there's a calling upon your life to ministry. You have been told or made to believe that the only people who are called to ministry full time are people such as myself, those of us who preach and teach, and those of us whose primary assignment in the kingdom is to the church and to minister to you as I'm doing today. You think that those of us who do what I do, preach, teach, etc., are the ones who are called to full time ministry, but the rest of you are not. But that is not true. And we, we, for you to embrace your call to ministry, we have to eradicate that false idea. It's not biblical at all. Indeed, there is a distinct call to the ministry that we do. I mean, God calls people to the offices of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teacher. And their primary assignment is to the body of Christ to preach and teach God's word. And, and God, in his wisdom chooses whom he wants to, and puts them in that particular office for his own purposes. There are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers that you can read about in Scripture, in particular in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. God speaks about these who he has set in the church. They are his gifts. And, uh, you know, we should always be grateful for those who, in his wisdom, God has set in the church to serve you as your pastors and, 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 and apostles and evangelists are assigned to. Uh, never get to the place where you trivialize the ministry of the pastors and the ministry of the fivefold gifts. Don't get to the place where the only time you talk about them is to criticize them. The only time we talk about them is to say what they're not. Okay, don't get to the point where you begin to look down upon them and you lose respect for them. Uh, we're not perfect and not everybody who calls himself a pastor is a pastor set there by God. 
But there are genuine men and women whom God has called. And he has set in the body for the purpose of leading, teaching, protecting, preaching his word. And we're told in scriptures that we need to hold those people in high esteem. We're told in scripture that we should honor them. Amen? And that those who labor in word and in doctrine ought to be considered worthy, say worthy, of double honor. Okay, those are the instructions of God for us. And so I want to encourage, challenge, instruct the members of Harvest not to join with those who would trivialize these offices and treat as common and sometimes almost as useless as unfortunately is becoming the trend. Very seldom do I look at something on Facebook where someone is giving thanks and to God for their pastor. Many times there are a lot of criticisms and uh, so that's not godly, all right? So don't allow yourself to become one of those who are always talking about pastors in disparaging ways. Pray for pastors, pray for ministers. They're human and they're not perfect at all, but many are genuinely called and they're doing their best with their own limitations to fulfill the call of God upon their life. Amen? So let's obey and hold them in high esteem. And I want to use that to say this is uh, Pastor's Appreciation Month. All over the world, I guess somebody sometime ago decided the pastors don't get appreciated. So we're going to have to schedule it. <laughs> Amen? If it, if, it, if, it was, if it was happening naturally, you probably wouldn't need to schedule it. But somebody said, wait a minute. You know, these folks... At some point, we need to remind the believers they need to appreciate those who are serving them in this capacity. So this is October. This is Pastor's Appreciation Month. And here at Harvest Only, we use October in particular to appreciate our assistant pastors. So Pastor Chris and I, we remove ourselves from this. Uh, and we ask you in this month of October to please pay special attention to all our assistant pastors and ministers who are serving the Lord alongside with us, helping us to pastor you and take care of you. Be a blessing to them this month. Amen. We're going to be receiving offerings every week that we will use. And depending upon how generous you are, we can be generous to them. But if God leads you specifically, in addition to what you do in the general offering to minister or to bless a particular assistant pastor in this church this month, please, by all means, do it. Amen. Let them feel appreciated. Let them feel honored in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, having said that the offices of the pastor, etc., are to be respected and honored, and that God indeed calls people to those offices, what I don't want you to do is to make the mistake of thinking that only such people are called to the ministry. You know, in the Bible, I think one way to illustrate this is the, 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 what God did with the tribe of Levi. There are 12 tribes in Israel. God took the entire tribe of Levi and set them aside and said, I want you to give yourself fully to attending to the, the needs of the temple. Amen? Now, within the tribe of Levi was the family of Aaron. So Lord, the Lord took Aaron and his sons and set them apart, and they were the priests. Okay, they had a special assignment as priests, but the entire tribe of Levi were, 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 were engaged full-time in ministry. And I believe that's a picture of what God wants to see happening. Yes, there are people like us who you could say are like Aaron in that we are to give ourselves in the way we do to attending to the needs of the church but all of us are called to ministry like every Levite was called to do the work of the Lord as a minister. Every single believer is called to ministry. Are you hearing me? No, you, you didn't hear me because you didn't think you were called. And if by the end of this message you don't know that you've been called to ministry, then I have failed. Since I don't want to fail, let me repeat it clearly. Every one of you, not just people like me, Every one of you is called by God to the ministry. All right? So go ahead and tell that person who has no idea what I'm talking about. 
Say, are you a Christian? If you are, you're called to this. Go ahead, tell them. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you just two passages that should be enough to demonstrate that. Let's go back to 1 Peter 2, but let's look at verse 9. This time, please do it in the Message Bible. Hallelujah. All right, let's read that. But you are the ones. Now, who are the, who's the you that he's talking to? Yeah, this isn't addressed to Peter, John, James, and the, the, the 11 apostles, right? This is being addressed to the church. That means all believers, right? And he says to all believers, you are the ones. He's not saying, okay, the pastors are the ones chosen by God. He says, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for what? Aha, uh -huh, you didn't know you were called. That verse says, you have been called and your call is a I call and that's the way he distinguishes other ordinary things from the call to ministry right so you have been chosen by God selected you don't choose yourself he chooses you he, he chooses you and it gives you an opportunity to respond and say yes or no but you've been chosen right chosen for the high calling of what priestly work that's ministerial work. That's the work of ministry in the temple. Are you hearing me? So everyone is called to what? Priestly work. Chosen to be what? A holy people. That is a people set apart for God's use. Did you hear me? You are chosen for priestly or ministerial work, you have been chosen and set apart by God, separated for him to be what? God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. Oh, wait a minute. Pastor Johnson, Bishop Johnson, Pastor Johnson, God what did God choose you to do? Well, God chose me to be an instrument to do his work and to speak out for him. That's what God called me to do. That's why I'm in the ministry. Correct? Correct? But wait a minute. That also describes you. So if that describes me, if, if as a pastor I realize I'm God's instrument to do his work and to speak out for him, but God takes the very same things that he says concerning me and says it concerning you, that means you and I are equally called to ministry. Just a few of you saying yes. You want, to, you want to say no to the call? There's no higher calling. We, you ought to be feeling very special right now. Privileged that the king of kings selected you and called you. Didn't just give you an ordinary calling, but a high calling. To be his instrument, that means the vehicle that he's going to work with and work through to do his work on earth. What do ministers do? They do God's work on earth. What are you called to do? God's work on earth. What does that make you? Say it. Say it. Some of you don't want to say it. Say it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And by, by the, you should be getting excited. Don't mind. You're discovering your call. You've been looking for your calling. It's been there all along. It's not a matter of looking for it. It's just recognizing it. And then responding to it appropriately. All right? So we're God's instrument to do his work. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. Wow. From nothing to something. Come on, say to your neighbor, from nothing to something. <laughs> One more time. Say you're looking at something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And then we don't have to go there, but the, 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 the uh, 
Passion Translation, which we read earlier, tells us that we're called, he says, he called us, made us a royal priesthood, holy nation, all of that, so that we would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. So that we would do what? Broadcast. What does it mean to broadcast? It means to, to make widely known, uh, to, to, to spread far and wide. So, so we are all called, I am, you're called, we're all called to ministry. And, and the, the, the ministry focuses on God using us to broadcast, spread far and wide, make widely known the gospel of Jesus Christ. One more time. Say, I am called to ministry. And I pray that after this, all of you will begin to see yourself as such and identify yourself as such. You're called to ministry. You're to broadcast, make widely known to tell many people that word broadcast means to also, you could understand, to scatter. You know, there, when you, there are different types of ways by which you plant seeds, right? There's a targeted method where you put in the seed one at a time in a particular piece of ground. And then there, there are others, they, they just scatter the seed. Amen? Both are legitimate ways of, of farming. And, and that's the way it is in the kingdom. There, there, there are times when God will use you and he wants you in a targeted manner to plant the seed into the life of a particular person. But God wants a world to be saved, right? A world where no one would live or die without Christ. So God does not only depend upon the targeted method. God also wants to make sure that the seed of the gospel is spread far and wide. So he also uses the scattering where, where you know, just, just get the word out. Don't worry about it. Just get it out to as many people as you, as you possibly can. Just, 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 just share it out there. Because God wants that, the word to get to everybody. Are you hearing me? And for that reason, God doesn't only call pastors and teachers. He calls every single one of us to the ministry. One more time, say to the person next to you, I am a minister of Christ in the world. Hallelujah. You have a broadcast ministry. Now, those two passages should be enough, right, to prove what I said. I could do other passages, but I think it's enough if you're honest and you're earnestly looking for truth. Just take those two passages, 1 Peter 2 now, and uh, if, uh, no, I, haven't done event, I haven't done Ephesians, right? Ephesians 4, go to verse 11. Let me show you that quickly. Ephesians 4, 11, because I want to show you that as well. Let's read together. And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. He gave these people, that's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Are you able to get to verse 12? Verse 12 it says, uh, you changed your translation. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do what? His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So what is the job of the pastor teachers to do what? Equip who? God's people. Who are God's people? Come on, raise your hand. You're God's people. And as God's people, what are we supposed to do? Equip you to do what? To do what? So he's called you to ministry. And now he says, you who are called to ministry need to be equipped. And so I'm, I'm calling some other people to ministry, pastors, evangelists, and I'm giving them their primary assignment. And their primary assignment in the kingdom is to equip all the other ministers to do what? The work of the ministry. So right now you're being equipped to do the work of the ministry. How are you being equipped? I'm trying to help you to embrace 
the fact that you're called to ministry. Because until you embrace the fact you're called to ministry, you aren't going to do ministry in a consistent and purposeful manner. All right? Now, where is the place of assignment? Well, generally, there are two places of assignment that you and I do ministry. One place of assignment is in the church, to the body. Each of us has been gifted by God and are being equipped by God to do the work of the ministry, firstly, in the local church, to the body. The Bible goes on to say in that passage that as each of us does his or her part, the entire body is built up, becomes stronger and grows. So each of you who is called to ministry has a ministry assignment to the local church that God has made you a part of. And God wants you to be an instrument to do his work in the local church to build up, strengthen, edify, support the members of the local church so together we all grow up into Christ, into maturity. Quiet in my Presbyterian church. Say, yes, Bishop. I have a ministry assignment to the local church to use my gifts to build up the local church, the local body, the members of the body, so that the entire body grows up into Christ. Amen? But there is a second place of assignment. And that is the place that, which, that we're referring to as the marketplace or the workplace. It's that place that God has assigned you in the world. He did not assign you there simply. Now, you need to earn a living. You need to be able to support your family. All, that too is serving God. You need to have resources to support the work and the ministries of God in the church. That too is serving God. But do not believe that the only reason God has you in the workplace is to earn an income to support your family, or even to support the church with your tithes and offerings. No, 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 no. God has placed you there on an assignment to do the work of the ministry in the place of your assignment, your job, your career, your workplace is a platform that God has created for you that through you he may connect to people who he loves and wants to save and through you to gain control of resources and influence that he wants to use to advance his kingdom purposes. May I repeat? God placed you in the marketplace, your job, your career, your workplace. If you are a child of God, you are not there by happenstance. You're not there only so go into the workplace, earn some money, take care of your family, hopefully tithe and give offerings to support the ministers of the church and that's it. No, you are a minister. You are to do the work of the ministry. And you need to understand when God put you in that workplace, he was assigning you as a minister to that place. And you need to start seeing your job, your career, as a platform that God has given to you by which, listen to me, by which God wants to connect with people who he loves, who he wants to save, who he wants to change. Okay, hear, hear, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. This is important. This is important, okay? Listen to me. Your job, your career, your workplace in the world or in the marketplace is not something you simply go to to do a job to earn money to take care of your family and to be able to give tithes and offerings. You certainly need to be able to support your family. That's part of your witness. You certainly need to support the work of God, the local church. That's part of your ministry. But it's more than that. 
and this is the part I want you to see. You are in the workplace. Your, your job and your career is an assignment from God to you as a minister. Because God wants to work through you, through that job, through that career, to connect with people, say people, whom he loves, who he wants to save, and who he wants to change. And he's put you in that job, giving you that career, because he also wants to work through you to gain control, say control, of resources and the influence of that career, of that job, to advance his kingdom. Say, Father, open my eyes that I may see this truth. When you go to work tomorrow morning, why do you go? My prayer is that if you haven't seen what I'm teaching, you will go tomorrow with a completely different attitude and approach. You say, I'm, I'm here because this job it's the platform God has given me in the world in order to connect with people that he loves, he wants to save, he wants to change. This job is a platform God has given to me in order to gain control and influence over resources that can be used to advance his kingdom purposes here in the earth. Say, I'm called to ministry. He said, Bishop, he said, I'm called to be a minister of God. I'm the minister, I don't even know what ministry is. I don't even know what it means to be a minister of God. So let me help you. Let me just take a few minutes to help you. The word ministry means service. The word minister means a servant. I know we make it real fancy. But it means a servant. The reason why it's such an important position is because you're a servant of God. Now, serving God is huge, right? Okay, but the word itself means to serve. Now, so to minister is to serve. To, to be a servant is to submit to and do the will of another. That's why to serve someone or to be a servant of someone means I submit to this person and I do his will. So to be a minister of God, as you have been called, means that you submit to and you do the will of God. You hear me? You hear me? Now, to be a minister of God in the marketplace means you submit to and you do the will of God in the marketplace. In the workplace, through your career. You, you, you are there to submit to God and to do God's will in that place where he has put you. So here's the attitude that you bring to your job. It's the attitude Jesus brought to his job. Jesus said, I didn't come to do my will. I came to do the will of him who sent me. That's the attitude Jesus brought to his ministry. That's the exact same attitude I bring to this job that I'm doing. Lord, I'm not here this morning to do my will. I am a servant of God. I am a minister of God. And so I'm here today not to do my will, Lord, but to do your will because you sent me. Tomorrow morning when you go to work as a minister in the marketplace, that's how you go to work. Lord, I'm not here today to do my will. I'm here to do your will in this place. I'm here to do your will in this company. I'm here to do your will in this business. I'm here to do your will in this job. Not to do my will. I didn't come here to make a name for myself. I didn't come here today to just make a lot of money for the sake of making money. No, no, I'm a minister. 
I'm a minister called to do the work of the ministry. I've been set aside completely for God, for ministry. Lord, I have come, said Jesus, not to do my will. Tomorrow morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whether you own your own business or whether you're an employer or an employee, whatever you're doing in the marketplace, regardless of where your niche is, and all of us have a different niche, we have a certain place that we're serving, you show up tomorrow morning like Jesus showed up on earth. Amen? Show up tomorrow morning like Jesus showed up. So this, I'm here, Lord, not to do my will, but to do your will, for it is you who sent me here. Are you hearing me? Now Jesus knew clearly what the will of God was for him. What was the will of God for Jesus? Why did Jesus come to the earth? To give his life a ransom for many. Amen? And when you show up tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whether it's your own business or whether it's a career or a job, when you show up, show up to do God's will and know what God's will is. And what is God's will? What we told you, to broadcast. Are you hearing me? God's will is that he wants to use you to make Jesus widely known. Amen? He wants to use you to make this glorious gospel concerning who Jesus is and why Jesus died and how Jesus loves people. He wants you to make this Jesus widely known. And how do you do that? Well, we heard from QJ. Amen? You do that by loving. You do that by caring. You do that by doing such an excellent job that now you have the authority to talk to people when the opportunity comes. And when you talk to them, they're able to hear it because they have already experienced it. You hear me? If you go to work tomorrow, you conduct your business as a minister of God, understanding that your purpose is to do the will of God. Your purpose is to make Christ and this glorious gospel widely known. Then you know it got to begin with your attitude. Amen? It got to begin with your actions, the way you conduct yourself, the way you talk to people, the way you lead. You, you pursue a spirit of excellence. You, you do such a good job that you win the right to talk to them, that they want to hear what you say because if you approach it and you're disrespectful and you're, you're lazy and you're sloppy, they, you, they don't want to listen to you. But because you understand, I'm not here just to make a money. I'm here to represent and reflect and make known this Jesus that I got to carry myself. I got to allow Christ to work through me. I got to allow Christ to manifest through me. His life, his love, his light, his power. And so you carry yourself in a way there's a spirit of excellence and, and diligence in all you do because ultimately what you want is to have the right and the authority to speak to them of Christ in such a way that they will listen and they will want to know him. Amen? And you approach your job tomorrow as minister because you know not only does God want to use you as that channel by which you will connect with people, God also wants to uh, uh, use you to take control of resources in the place where you work, in the field that you work, that can be used to advance this kingdom. Amen. So generally, here's a, here's a, here is a, 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 a one way by which the marketplace has been segmented. So, so, so basically in the six segments, major segments, there is the area in the marketplace with, that people are involved with, with government. Law and government, that's one sector. And if that's where you are serving, then that's your niche. Don't think that God, that you're there by accident or happenstance. God puts you there on assignment. Embrace your call as a minister of God working in the, in, in the marketplace, in the field of government. And know that God wants to use government and your presence in government to connect with people he loves and he wants to change. And he wants to use your presence in government to gain control of influence and resources that can advance his kingdom purposes on the earth. If you're in the field of education, don't, don't forget, you go there as a minister and you, and you know that God will put you there because God wants to work through education to connect with people he loves that he wants to save and change and to gain resources through education that will advance his kingdom purposes. If you're in the area of business and finances, 
understand you're there because God wants to use and work through the field of business in order to connect with people through business that he wants to save and wants to change. And he wants to work through business to gain control of influence and resources that can advance his kingdom on the earth through business. You follow me? So, law and government, finance and business, media, arts and entertainment. What else? Huh? Health. Oh, the, the religion. There are seven areas. But wherever you are, God puts you there. God planted you there. Because God wants to work through the resources, through that field, in order to save people and control resources that will advance the kingdom. I wish I was preaching better, but it looks like I'm... It looks, it looks like I'm trying hard for nothing. Hallelujah. Say, I am a minister of Christ in the marketplace. I am a minister of Christ in my job, in my career. I am on assignment. Let me give you a marketplace illustration of what I'm talking about. How God places you in the marketplace and then uses your presence in the marketplace to connect with people he wants to save and to use resources to advance his kingdom. In Luke chapter 5, Peter had been fishing. Peter had a boat. Peter was in business. He was in business. He was a businessman. And Jesus came to Peter. And remember, Jesus walked up to Peter. There were multitudes of many, many people that Jesus wanted to reach. And when Jesus came by the seashore, he realized, if I try to reach these people just from the, the, the seashore, standing here on the sand, the amount of people I will reach will be limited. So what did he do? He went to Peter. And where was Peter? In the marketplace as a businessman. And Jesus said to the businessman, Peter, let me use your boat. Amen? And what did the businessman, Peter, do? He provided the boat. That boat became a platform that Jesus stood upon. And from the platform of the boat, a resource that Peter had in his business, Jesus used Peter's presence in the marketplace as a businessman and the resources of Peter's business, the boat, in order to preach and proclaim the gospel. And all of a sudden, because Peter was being used as a minister in the workplace, even though he didn't understand it, Peter's presence in the workplace and the resources of his business placed at the disposal of Jesus became the platform and the tools that Jesus used so that instead of reaching maybe 50 people, Jesus now could minister to hundreds of people. It was strategic, intentional for Peter to be where he was that morning because God had a plan to use this businessman and the resources of his business in order to connect with people that he cared about in order to save and change them. That day, many people came to the kingdom. Amen? Amen? And then before Jesus left, he rewarded Peter. He said, Peter, you know what? You didn't catch anything. Go ahead and where you caught nothing, cast and the anointing of God bless Peter's business. And Peter got what we call what a net-breaking boat-sinking load so much that he had everything he needed for himself and a lot left over to care for others. That is an example of how God can use you and how God wants to use you and the resources that are available to you in the area where you serve. It's important that you embrace this call. And tomorrow morning when you go to work, you go there and say, Lord, I am not here to do my will. I am assigned here to do your will. Here I am. Let me be that instrument. Let my job and my career be that platform.
that you work through to connect to people you love, you want to change, you want to save, and to gain control of resources and influence you want to use in order to advance your kingdom agenda on the earth. That's how you must begin to think as a marketplace minister. Let me end by saying this. As a marketplace minister, you're not second tier. You're not, you're not uh, what they call it, the opening act before the real thing. Amen. God isn't just, oh, you're, you know, you're not the real thing, but you're the opening act. The real thing is what happens when Bishop Johnson stands up and preaches. No, no. You're not the opening act for something big God wants to do. You're not the side note and you're not the footnote. Your ministry is, is, is the main attraction. Now, I'm serious. Look at the Bible. And you will discover that the men and women that God used to do perhaps the most significant work to make the greatest difference in the earth for his kingdom were not people who were called to do what I do. They were people who are like you, quote-unquote, primarily ministering in the marketplace. Hear me. You need to understand. You spend, according to what I read, uh, an average of 90,000 hours as an adult in the marketplace. How many hours do you spend in church? Now, do you think, imagine, do you think God knowing that you are going to spend, as an adult, an average of 90,000 hours, not in the church, but at your job, at your workplace. Do you think God would not have a plan for you there? Do you think God would just sit down and have no plan for those 90,000 hours? A God who wants to reach the whole world would have all of you now take 90,000 hours and multiply by, as, I don't know how many we hear. Let's say there are 1,000 people times 90. That's what, nine? You're helping with my math now. Is that nine million? Okay, something like that, right? But can you imagine the number of hours? What God, if God is serious, so much he wants the world to get saved, he gave his only begotten son to go to the cross and die, he will have you spending 90,000 hours, multiply that by the number of people who are here, and has absolutely no plan for that. Just go there and do what you want to do. You can be sure that's not the case. Amen. You are not a side note, a footnote. You are the main attraction. Because the people God wants to reach are largely out there. They say in a, a, the average small business in America will interact with 5,000 people. Huh? Most of them unsafe. So you're out there where most of the unsafe people are for an average of 90,000 hours of your adult life and you think God doesn't have a definite assignment for you and a work that he wants you to do and you think God hasn't called you to ministry? You can't be serious. And God will not be serious if he doesn't have a plan. You are not side note, footnote, prelude and... <laughs> you are the main attraction, man. And when you look in the scripture, there's so many marketplace ministers. Come on. Let's just start with Abraham. Abraham wasn't, Abraham was a businessman. He was a, he was a farmer. He was a businessman. Abraham? Well, what about uh, David? Come on. Who is David? David was serving in government. But few of us know anybody. I mean, David is one of the most well-known, best well-known. Abraham, the best well-known. Abraham is better known than Paul. David, better known than Paul. Solomon. Nehemiah. We don't have time. But there are many. Esther. Ruth. Who else? Huh? Deborah? Uh-huh. Who? Joseph! 
Come on. Look at how much page is allotted in biblical history to Joseph. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a prophet. A marketplace minister that God raised up. Maybe next week we'll talk a little bit more about them in detail. Zerubbabel. Mary, the one who brought Jesus. And some of them are so prominent in God's plan, you have books of the Bible named after them. So you're not, side note, you are main attraction in God's plan. And that's why our job, God says, you know what, Bishop, uh, darling, he can call me Bishop, DJ, darling, come. I want you to spend your life investing in those folks because they are the main attraction. They are the, at, the, at the core of my strategy to control and establish my kingdom. They are at the core of my strategy to make the kingdoms of this world the kingdoms of our God and of his son. So here's my prayer. I, my prayer is that you will embrace your call. Never again see yourself simply as someone who goes to a job or someone who attends a church. I pray that at the very least you will take your call as seriously as I take mine. And just like I must wait upon the Lord, I must pray, I must see what God is saying to me. What would he have me to do with this church that he's entrusted in my care? You need to be praying. You need to be looking at the scriptures. You need to be asking the Holy Spirit to show you what are you supposed to do with this ministry that he has given you called director. This ministry he has given you called governor, senator. This, this ministry he has given you called entrepreneur, secretary. Whatever it is that you will spend time seeking God. That every day when you go to work or when you interact in the workplace, you will do so from a place of knowledge. I am here, O oh God, not to do my will, but to do your will. Here am I. Work through me this day. So minister to those people you love and care for. Work through me this day to extend your influence through this job in the earth. And this is how we're going to close. This is how we're going to close. We have a little exercise and then I'll pray. I want you to just talk to one person, maybe two at the most, but one person. And just ask this, that person, where will you be this time tomorrow? Now, if you're not going to be at work tomorrow, then tell them when you're going to be at work tomorrow. Okay, and, and listen now, listen, listen. I'm not finished yet. Hello. Where will you be this time tomorrow? What, what, no seriously, if you're not going to be at work, if you're going to be at a doctor's appointment, you tell them. Where are you going to be tomorrow this time? What challenges will you be facing? And how can I pray for you? Now, you don't have to, you don't have enough time to tell everything. But at least give one thing. All right? Please talk to one person. Ask them where they will be this time or about this time tomorrow. What challenge is he or she facing? How may I pray for you? Hallelujah. Amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop now, but I want that I want this to become a habit. Amen. When we come to church, ask one another from you know how are you doing, what challenges are you facing in your ministry, at your workplace. How can I pray for you? Let's provoke one another in this area so that we don't lose sight of that. Now, before I take my seat, I do want to celebrate the fact that. This has already happened. There are people here among us, members of our church, who a long time ago have embraced 
this revelation, and right now they're walking in it. They see themselves not as being in the marketplace to make money, though they do make money. They see themselves as being in the marketplace to advance God's kingdom. And they look at the opportunities and the resources, the information that is available where they work, in their jobs and in their career, and they're thinking, I'm here as a, to do God's will. How does God want me to use the knowledge, the information, the resources available to me in this field to represent him, to connect with people, and to advance his kingdom? And I want to thank God for those of you who already are doing it. I'm going to ask you to encourage you to keep doing that and encourage others to do the same because you are not a side note nor a footnote. You are main attraction when it comes to God's plan to reach the world. Amen? And I was excited again. I'm going to use what happened on Sunday with Linda. I mean, yesterday, Linda and the tech fair. You know, there they were sharing some very valuable information on what's available and how this can be used, uh, even how it can be used to advance the kingdom. Somebody suggested I use chat GBT for my sermons. <laughs> no, they were just joking. Okay, but, but the fact is there's a whole lot of stuff. And so training and, and, and letting us know what the tools are, how we can get information and how we can use that information to, to more uh, quickly, amen, advance the cause of Christ, multiply the impact. And during one of the breaks, I was talking to several of our members, new members, Daniel and, and his brothers, who have their own tech company. And one of the challenges we're having, remember with the... With the um, the Harvest Intercontinental American University that we're raising up by the grace of God. The, the, the goal is to really provide quality education, access to quality education to as many people as we possibly can. And, and we knew from the very beginning the only way to do that is through the Internet and, and e-learning. But because of the challenges in many of the underdeveloped nations in Africa, for example, access to the internet or the cost of being online, even though it's peanuts for us, it's exorbitant for so many people. So the challenge was, how are we going to be able to do this inexpensively? And just talking with Daniel and his brothers, they say, you know what, Bishop? They refer to e e the guy, the, the, uh, is it called Skylink? Skylink and how, how what, you know who I'm talking, the guy who's helping the Ukraine stuff, Ukraine. But they were just sharing with me the technology already exists through Skylink where now people in countries all over the world will be able to have access to the internet. They met at, at very low cost or even free. I'm not sure exactly how it works. Amen. So I said, to, I said, you see what? You are a minister. I started to preach my sermon today to them. And I said, now you see, you're in that market. You, I can preach so 100 or 500 or 1,000 person, okay, at one time. But you can take that and with the knowledge you have and you begin to see yourself as not just on a job, but that God has placed you in that field so that you can use the knowledge and the resources of this field to, to take his word to multitudes. Now you now with the knowledge you have, I don't have that knowledge, please come back to us and show us the solution. Show us how to take this thing now that we're talking about and, and using your knowledge as a minister in that field for Christ, show us how to expand and fulfill this thing. And so I, I'm expecting something from Daniel and his brother soon. I don't know if they're here. Are you here today, Daniel? Okay, you guys stand up. I'm going to pray for y'all. Y'all stand up quickly. Okay, there are two of them. I think Daniel must not be here, right? Okay, but there are two, two guys plus Daniel. And they got that assignment. And I'm expecting that they, as marketplace ministers, right? You're not just tech, tech, what do you call it, geeks. You are marketplace ministers. And you're going to solve a marketplace problem that will allow us to take this education mandate, which is, by the way, we're using education to advance the kingdom, and be able to reach not just hundreds of thousands, but potentially millions of people around the world. Hallelujah. May God equip you with all the wisdom you need and use you for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's happening. Um, right now, through 
marketplace ministers, uh, Dr. Patricia. She, she went to, she went to uh, Ethiopia a number of years ago using education. Ed education was a platform. God gave her to go, go to, to Ethiopia. But why there? She knows she's a marketplace minister. And she knew she was there to influence people and resources for the kingdom. And God used her there. She shared the gospel. One young man got saved or came, made a fresh commitment to Christ. And for years, she's been encouraging this young man. And then just recently, uh, Brother Boema Kumara, Deacon, I don't know if he's here today. But there he stands. He, he got a new job, an assignment. His career has now placed him in Ethiopia for a time. But he sees himself first and foremost as a, as a minister, amen, for Christ. And so his, his, his concern was, okay, I'm here, but I'm not here just to do this job. I'm here as a minister of Christ, and God wants to use me while I'm here to advance his kingdom. And in the short while he's been there, less than two months, I guess, already he has connected, uh, Dr. Pat has connected him with, with this young man called Caleb, and they've already started a Bible study. Say hallelujah. So here's an example of a marketplace minister. His career has taken him to Ethiopia, but he understands that that job, the influence that he has as a foreign, as a diplomat or, or expat in that country, that influence he knows is not just so that he can walk around and, and people look up to him. He knows that God gave him that influence to use that influence that come through his job in order to advance the kingdom. So let's celebrate. I know Barry's been doing this a long time. She has her, her own... Um, a nonprofit that she's doing. But all of these are examples of people who already in-house. And my desire is that all of us will embrace that, that mission. Amen? And may God grant it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Glory! Now, bow your heads, please. I would not have completed my assignment this morning. If I didn't give you who are watching online or you who are here who have not yet received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior an opportunity to be saved. Amen. The call goes out to all of us. But only those who accept the call by faith get to experience the salvation that comes with the call. If you have not yet received Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, and you do not have the certainty of your salvation, if you do not know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you were to die today, you are accepted by God in Christ Jesus because your sins have been forgiven. Listen, today is the day God has appointed for your salvation. Don't leave here without receiving this gift. So while your heads are bowed, or those of you who are watching online, those of you who say, Bishop, I'm not certain about my salvation, but I do want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to be sure I'm saved. Would you please raise your hand? Again, we're not going to put you on the spot, but you do need to indicate your need so we can help you. Would you raise your hand in this house to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's the only way to be saved. You can't bypass Christ and go to heaven. You've got to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And those of you who are watching online, right where you are, you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to ask the entire church to pray with us. And those of you who know that right now you need to receive Christ, please pray with us. Say, Father God, this moment I acknowledge I am in need of the forgiveness of my sins. I am lost. I do not have the assurance of salvation. If I were to die today, I am not sure where I will go. But Jesus, I've heard the gospel. You died for my sins. And if I put my trust in you, you will save my soul. So today, Jesus Christ, I receive you, accept you, confess you, put my faith in you to be my Lord and my Savior. I trust you and your salvation, your blood, for the forgiveness of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer online or you prayed that prayer here from your heart, we need to help you now grow. Please contact us. Use the information that's made available to you on the screen to contact us so that we can help you 
grow in your new relationship with the Lord. If you're here today and you pray that prayer in their seat, please, at the end of this service, I'm going to be up here for a few minutes. Come and let me personally talk to you and pray with you. Also, if you desire to be a member, you need a church home, and you believe God would have you be a member of this church and you want us to be your pastors, you need to indicate that. We have a process by which you become a full member of the church. Simply attending doesn't make you a member. But if you want to be a member, we want you. So after the service, you can come also up front and talk to me and say, Bishop, I've been attending for a while. I feel that I want this to be my church home. Show me how to be a member, and we'll show you how to be a member. In Jesus' name. All right? So now I need some encouragement because you guys didn't encourage me, you know, so... Thank you. Hallelujah.